Welcome in, everybody, to the Power Option Podcast. Uh, just to run in the damn ball from west to east out here again in the off season. Talk a little bit, um, you know, get some get some thoughts moving around what's going to happen the, for the remainder of the uh, the off season going into the draft, all that kind of stuff. Um, talk about some of this coaching stuff. But uh, first, Garrett, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Early off season, we had a we had a hard stop in the coaching carousel after uh, Mike Elko was hired in Texas A and M. Um, for Jimbo Fisher, and then Nick Saban retired, and the carousel started again. So uh, I'm excited to talk about the new things. There's some interesting coaching things that have happened since then, and then uh, an interesting article that Ryan Nanny from uh, Shutdown Fullcast uh, wrote in The Messenger about the 20 worst coaching hires in college football since 2000 that I want to talk about, which uh, just have interesting names that I think will be funny to talk about. And then you've got some transfer stuff to talk about, and then we'll roll out, huh? Let's do it. Okay. Well, first off, let's talk about uh, Nick Saban. We talked about this because it happened right before we recorded the last episode. Uh, Nick Saban retired at University of Alabama. And so the first... A new peg of the coaching cycle happened when Kellen DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer from Washington, got hired to replace him at Alabama, which I think is a great hire. Um, I think you kind of have a, a gimme spot there because it's not like you're expecting to replace Nick Saban with Nick Saban. Um, so you get one of the brightest coaches that there is out there. You know, just led his team to national championship game. Uh, there, it's it's going to be a lot of change in Alabama. They're not going to have a lot of patience. But if you if you want to be the man, you you know what you you go right to the top. I mean, I wonder everything you said. I I, I do agree with. But what what is crazy to me about the move? I shouldn't say crazy. Um, is which may be unfortunate is that he's such a he's such a cool coach. You know, we don't get. We don't get a coach like him that often, you know, where he just comes in and he just wins and wins at a crazy pace with all these sorts of things. So, you know, it's really cool to see a guy like that even exist in college football. And then, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if you want to get a job, this is the job. Like, you, you better come yeah. correct because it's not even like you have you have the, the most blue blood money that you can have and you have championships now you have bear bryant championships you got saving championships so yeah i mean this is this is the job but i i feel like i wish he had stayed at washington ran through some big 10 stuff maybe he even gotten himself back to a national championship at washington with washington and then and then let alabama sort of fuss things out with whoever they're gonna whoever they got next because that I just don't know I just don't know if he lasts because they're gonna there's gonna give him no time. You said you don't they they don't think that they're gonna replace Saban with Saban, but I think that a lot of Alabama fans and and some of even their their office think that that it's possible. Oh no, believe me, I'm not saying they're gonna be patient. I'm not gonna say, I'm not saying their fans think that that's the truth. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that there, there was always the opportunity that the next guy was going to be in that position, right? And the opportunity to coach at Alabama is probably worth the risk because 
it's not like if he fails at Alabama, he's going to be blackballed forever. That's true. Right? That's true. Like That's it's not like you know what he does three years at Alabama and he wins eight, nine, and eight, and they want somebody better and he gets fired. He'll be fine. That's true. There'll That's, be there'll be thirty teams, thirty quality teams that are going to be that are going to be like, hey, he'll get us in the playoff. Yeah. Like he he'll get us in the playoff. Let's hire him. This is not like. This is not like uh, I'm jumping and this is my last shot, right? This is uh, I am I'm doing what we want people to do, which is give me the hardest challenge. I think I'm the best coach. Give me the hardest challenge, yeah. right? So that's what he's doing. Uh, Alabama, just just to note in 2024, they do have Oklahoma. They don't have Texas on their schedule. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. They play Wisconsin in a non-conference, which is interesting at Wisconsin. Um, which is interesting on the schedule. Uh, they do play Georgia in 2024 at home. Um, their schedule is in, in kind of a normal Alabama schedule, so no breaks out out the block. But he, he and but he's also got every opportunity that he, he'll have probably six ranked games on his schedule. Have an oh, opportunity yeah. to make a playoff, make the playoff. That's funny. Uh, and if he slips, they're going to be unhappy. But Again, I, I don't I don't blame a guy for going. Look, this is a lot of risk, but the reward is the the maybe the most fanatical or top three fanatical fan base in the world. And if you make them happy, then you're set forever. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, if he if he if he goes in there and wins a national championship, I mean, I mean it'll show what you know what a just monster of a coach that he is because to do right. that post saban is like the logistics of that is insanity and and then so if he if he does it in in three years like that's crazy and yeah and then you've done it you've done it in in the hardest environment to do it and like that's right that's a lot of safety you know that's that's like the yeah. you know the the harbaugh situation obviously Harbaugh yeah, has yeah, has now want. left. Uh, if, if you don't know, folks, he has he has left yeah. the Michigan Wolverines and is now coaching for the San Diego Superchargers. Um, it's actually Los Angeles, but I oh, still call him San Diego. Uh, yeah, it is. I know. I know. It's you know I'll, I'll, Los Angeles Superchargers just doesn't sound the same. I agree. I'm, I'm going to keep. Right. I'm just going to let it be San Diego. We'll, yeah. we'll all work on that yeah. together. Anyways, you know, and and so uh, you know that's Saban. I mean, not Saban. Um, um, Harbaugh. In a similar manner, you know, you go, he, he left, he left the NFL and I think a lot of guys probably want to end up in the NFL. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of guys do. And so then you go to Michigan and you win one and the NFL goes, what's up? How are you? Right. You can handle, you can handle the pressure He was a guy that was trying to get back there anyway. Right. You know, so this just gave him an out. Right. And that's, you know, and that's, and that's, that makes yourself an easy sell for, for new, for a new job. So yeah, I mean, you know, probably like you're saying, worst case, you know, hopefully he d- he doesn't do some you know Brady Hoke at Michigan type stuff while he's here at Alabama. Right. But, right. but uh, you know, I think he'll. It, I think you're. I think you're right. You've you've persuaded me in t- in my thought, and and this is uh, this is as cool as it should be. Yeah, it's great. Um, a note: they have not. Michigan has not officially replaced Jim Harbaugh. Everybody thinks that it's going to go to the coordinator. Uh, What's his name? Shane Womack? Yeah, he coached him in like six games, didn't he? Yeah, Sharon Moore, Shane Womack. I blew that. that. (laughs) Sharon Moore. Yeah, he coached a bunch. Um, And they won all of them, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they won everything. Right. Um, And, you know, I've read a lot of things online where everybody's like, look, if you go outside of him, you're going to lose the team. Like, the team wants him, like, 
like everybody wants him. So right. I think he's going to get it, but he doesn't officially have it as of right now. So that's still open. Yeah, hopefully, so yeah, yeah, hopefully they 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 do it. Hopefully they keep it in house because, I mean. Uh, you know they have a they have not qu- you know not quite the same problem as Alabama but a similar like you just did something really fancy you know it's it's easy oh, to yeah. get it's easy to get you know what happened to LSU you know in between um, uh, like Ed Orgeron just kind of taking one team and then nothing really happened right. you know so right. um, it's possible to be that so hopefully Michigan makes a smart yeah. choice makes a good choice I mean, for the interim. Michigan's been Michigan was good they lost they lost a lot to Ohio State which makes them probably feel bad but Michigan obviously was good throughout most of the Harbaugh period yeah. um, and then yeah. he took them over the edge um, and obviously the resources are there I mean everything that you need to be there to be to be good is there but Big Ten gets harder next year it gets considerably harder yeah, so that's you gotta true. worry about that right there's less you know less gimmies um, and so that's that's on the table but uh, there's no there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to I mean it's, it's gonna I mean it, you know we've seen hires like this fail right it's not like it's an automatic right. that this hire will work but it puts them in good shape but yeah they have <laughs> they have on their schedule three of the top five teams in the final poll uh, Michigan does in 2024 they've oh. got Texas at home They've got Oregon at home. They've got Ohio State on the road. They also have Washington, which won't be as good. They just can't be. Yeah. Um, but they also have Washington. Won't be as good. They also have USC, who, if they decide to put it together, is uh, there. Yeah, it's a game you could uh, lose. Yeah, it's a game you could lose. They've got Northwestern late season before Ohio State. That's one of those we better get our shit together if Northwestern's keeping it. Right. Like they have a quality schedule, so it's another it's another one to look at. But um, speaking of Washington. Um, Washington had to replace DeBoer, and they did with the head coach of Arizona, Jed Fish. He probably Ooh. was the, one of the best guys available I have, at that yeah, point I think, to uh, move into it. Yeah, I, I think from a, that Washington may have done the best replacing so far. I mean, maybe we could say, you know, um, DeBauer at—what is it, DeBauer? DeBoer, DeBauer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could say maybe DeBoer is the best hire of, of the college football. But, like, this, I, in my opinion, is the, mess, the, the next best. Like, this is, a, this is, first of all, a state. I live, in this, I live in this state, and they don't really care about football here. Like, they, the Cardinals kind of, but most people, there's a lot of people who live in, live in Arizona and, not, and are not Cardinals fans. And then, and then from a university standpoint, like, especially for the University of Arizona, it's really like baseball, golf, basketball, and then, and, and, and the golf a little bit less and same, basically the same thing with Arizona state. I mean, it's kind of shift those things around. So the fact that he came in here and really like got things moving and like you go to Arizona stadium and it was, it was always a good time for him. They were had there, they had some passion, they had some guys running around. So I think, I think that the, this is a, a really big loss for the University of Arizona, and I definitely think Washington replaced with a super solid head coach. Yeah, i i I think he's I think he's good. Here's the problem: the problem is trying to separate the man from the job, because Washington's cupboard is going to be a little bare next year, um, and so he's going to have to do the same thing he did in Arizona in Washington, right? Where he built them again, but there's no reason to think he can't. Right, I, I, I mean, he's going to be yeah. better resourced. That's, so, that's true. Yeah, I think it's a great hire. Yeah, yeah I think it's yeah, a great hire for sure. 
I don't know that you're going to be able to get anybody there that was going to make it move any faster. Right. Unless he's bringing, unless he's bringing transfers with him. And uh, Fish brought some, but not like anything incredible. Right. right. So fine. Uh, what you got in Arizona to replace Fish was Brent Brennan in San Jose State. San Jose State had a great COVID year. They, they, did they end up playing or they almost played in the, the, um, the championship game in the Mountain West. Is a nice little program, though he's got a losing record in seven seasons there. Um, he's fine, but they had no money to pay anybody <laughs> in Arizona. So you're kind of just going to get what you get. I don't think there's a lot of say, to say. Arizona is now going to live the life of being behind, I think, everywhere. They're yeah. going to end up kind of being poor. So you just go, okay, that's a that's a good good coach. He's probably a mid-level. He's a he's a... He's a low-level Power 5 coach and a mid-level Group of 5 coach. Fine. Fine. Yeah, and I think – and he's a previous Arizona guy, I believe. Yes, he also was in Arizona and worked in Arizona. And here's – and the thing about as – I, as I just was previously sort of talking some shit on at the Arizona fan, what, what I will say, at least for University of Arizona – I don't know about Arizona State, but, like, the city of Tucson really has a heartbeat around – the University of Arizona. So it's like you can definitely feel it here. So the fact that it's a it's a hometown guy, I think I don't know if he's a hometown or if he graduated from there, it's some sort of like that, but whatever, somebody who's who's previously a part of the university, a part of the city. Um, that's somebody who a place like this can really get behind, you know, and, and just give him time because everybody will, and it's not like he, it's not like there's, you know, Arizona's trying to win a national championship or anything. Like they're just trying to live their lives in the big 12 and probably just, you know, maybe go bowling, you know, if, and if they go bowling, everybody here will be perfectly happy. And if he misses on one, they probably will also be fine with that too. So I think it was a good hire that, that you're right, that they couldn't pay anybody else, but for I think if for, to give them time, hopefully to do some stuff. This is a guy who could probably be here for five to eight, you know, years or something, and yeah, they don't have to worry fine. about stuff for a while. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I know that he's a he's a playoff level coach. I don't. Think I think that's ultimately so. the problem. Of course, um, I think that's going to end up being the thing. Is like, look, you don't have to make you don't have to make the playoff, but once. In five years or t- or seven years, but you probably need to make it once. And the question is, can he do that? I don't know. I, yeah. it, it, whatever, yeah. you know what I mean. Right. Like they've already gotten more than they probably deserve. <laughs> True. Uh, then DeBoer, he 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 poached a couple really good um, mid mid level head coaches. Uh, one of them as the coach at USA, Kane Womack, who's now Alabama's defensive coordinator and with that the USA hired Major Applewhite who was an offensive coordinator there to his to their head coach now Major Applewhite has been a coach at Texas yeah um forever ago right. he's actually probably fine it's probably a nice little hire yeah. to be <clears throat> in a small program he's coordinated forever uh he's he was there he was the coordinator there for two seasons um, 
you know, he, oh, he had head coach at Houston. He was the head coach at Houston for a couple years. He was coordinator at Texas, head coach at Houston for a few years. He's got a he's got a over five hundred uh, head coaching record. Well, fine, yeah, great, whatever. Well, we bring in a name. He signed some things. You know, signed some boobs. I'm sure people still probably love him from his days, Texas. Yeah, great, good hire. Yeah, I think I th- I, I think it's good. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that I shouldn't say unfortunate. It's probably part for the course, but but. That, you know, a small school kind of has to get what a small school can get. And I think from a name perspective, a lot of people know Major Applewhite or have probably heard of him. Um, sure. And so that's good. I the I guess the unfortunate side of this is to me is that the Sunbelt is going to be hard. Like it's not going to be, oh, yeah. you know, it's not like just because you have a name doesn't mean you can win there. And I and I watched a lot of USA this year and I would like to see USA play, you know, continue to play good football. And just because you get major Applewhite does not guarantee it inside of the Sun Belt. No, but it doesn't also mean that you you, you didn't you didn't dip too far. It's That's not true. like That's you. True. That's very true. You know, it's not like you fell. It's not like it's not like their head coach Womack went and got a Power Five head coaching job. That's true. He is the defensive coordinator at Alabama, which is great. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you. It, you know, it means that you didn't have to. You didn't have to go crazy to replace. That's, that's so very I, true. I think it's a fine hire. Yeah, that's, right. It's, yeah, it's a lot better hire than Trent Dilfer at you at uh, <laughs> UAB. So we'll take yes, it. Yes. Right. Uh, also, uh, Jabor. Uh, poached the head coach at Buffalo, Maurice Linguist, to be his co-defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach. Uh, another solid uh, head coach to assistant hire, which when you can do stuff like that, when you can get guys with head coaching experience and recruiting experience as head coaches and you can bring them in to be coordinator, that I think that's great. I think DeBoer is giving himself every opportunity to, uh, to win there as best as he can. But... Buffalo has to replace their head coach, and they did that with the South Carolina special teams coordinator, Pete Lembo. Uh, he was very well uh, regarded. He was a head coach at Ball State um, before. He's been head coach at FCS levels. He never won a bowl game at Ball State. Uh, it's it's an underwhelming hire, but it's a keep things going hire. Okay, fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, it seems that seems that whole deal seems way better for the school. Than for yeah. or or I guess no no I'm sorry way better for him than it does for the school but but like uh, you know yeah I mean that I guess you just want experience if you don't you know to to have to have that alone I think is I think is valid you know and like experience says right. there's I mean uh, Weber State at the FCS level hired um, of course I can't remember his name. He was he was he was an old Utah coach. I don't know. I can't Gary, remember the Gary name. Anderson? Are you talking about? Uh, was it no? Or are you talking about recently? No, no, it was like in the mid two thousand. It was like two twenty ten. Oh, he had previously. I, rem- I remember. Right, it doesn't matter. My, but my point was, he was he was an old guy, um, but he had coached big programs, like he had coached at Utah and he had coached other places, and he was in the twilight of his career. Um, and so, like, from a, I had knew some people that were on the football team at the time, and they were like, he's not really doing a lot at, at practice. Like, it's really a coordinator. You know, our coordinators are really our coaches. Like they're they're really like driving the ship, moving things around. But it's like, but right. but Weber State. It was nice for Weber State because they were able to grow some guys, at some lower levels that got. That, I think that guy, the guy under him, eventually became head coach, and he kind of. And then I think that they started winning. They, I mean, they were already winning, but they kept you know kept winning, and they had a good coach doing it. So if that's what this school you know is trying to do in a way to be able to go like, hey, let's just uh, let's just get. So let's let's get a guy who can 
make sure that the foundation doesn't have cracks, then we'll keep moving. Like, that's good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Look, they're one of the last jobs in the cycle, so you kind of get what you get. That's, whatever, that's true. Fine. That's true. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah. You got a guy with head coaching experience that's coached in the MAC, and uh, okay, and he and mm-hmm. he's and he's coached at a big school. Yeah, all right, yeah, fine, totally. Uh, the the uh, more I don't want to say more interesting, but San Jose State needed to replace Brent Brennan, who goes to coach in Arizona, and they did that with Ken Niamatolo. The Ooh. Navy head coach that was a tight ends coach at UCLA, uh, who won't run the triple option. Uh, womp womp. And I know. Won't run the triple option there. And so everybody's just like, we don't know how this is going to go. How is he going to be able to do it if he doesn't run the triple option? Now, what I will say is, here's a guy that absolutely at least understood how to deal with the kind of players that you could you could only get with get at navy right right it's a guy who who you you don't you can't recruiting is more difficult no nil very small transfer pool like it's a guy who can who can kind of make a make a cake out of just flour obviously not running the triple is a big deal and so he's gonna have to get a guy who can teach him but he was at ucla so it's not like he didn't know he hasn't he hasn't seen offense that's not the triple so yeah. I I seem to think this I feel like this hire is going to be better than people think. This hire is either going to be like a B plus really surprise hire, or it's going to be an absolute tire fire. And I think it's going to be a good hire because I think when you've de- when you've been dealing within the narrow uh, narrow angle that is the 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 Army Navy Air Force schools. You can really do something when you have a little bit more to work with. So I'm hopeful at least. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think it's a great hire because I just think he's a good coach. I think he's just generally yeah. a good coach. I think if you can have, in the time he was at Navy, he was at Navy from 07 as a head coach. He was at Navy from 07 to 2022, and I don't. I mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have them both. I don't have all three pulled up, but I think of the. Of the, the military academies, Navy was by far the most consistent, most consistent at winning in that time frame. Like I don't think he ever really got challenged by Army or Air Force, except for maybe like right at the end, the last couple of years. But I feel like I saw Navy be good the most of the time. So, my, yeah, I mean Navy had been handled, had been kind of running, running the, running the boat uh, for a while. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, for for sure. And I think in most of that is due to him. And so my point is if you're a guy who can who can get that out of athletes that you didn't recruit that just, you know, you have to kind of deal with um who, you know, are, I'm sure are are great to coach, you know, they're inside of the Naval Academy. Um, I'm sure that there there are some benefits to coaching guys like that, but I I think if you can get, you know, consistency out of a, out of your workforce like he did at Navy, I think you can do that at a school, definitely do that at a school like San Jose State. So, it's going to be a different look, uh, not a different looking Mountain West. Uh, I guess you're going to have to play Oregon State randomly even though it's not Mountain West. Um it's going to be kind of different, but I think that they put themselves in a position to hopefully keep winning. And and you, I don't, I think that there's, there's enough shaking at the top of the mountain West that you could plug yourself into being, you know, being how Fresno's been, being how Boise state's been like, you can win the mountain West like soon, you know, if you do well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they did as well as they did this year, the fact that they ended up, you know, they ended up six and two in the conference 
uh, says a lot about what they can, you know, what they could do. They 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 lost they lost five of their first six games, and then they basically won the next six straight. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think it's that far. I don't I don't know that I believe that Brent Brennan was so much of a better coach that this is a step down. I, no. I think that Ken is probably a better coach. Than Brent I think so too. Maybe not though. I mean, yeah. okay. Maybe yeah, uh, but it's probably right there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's that. That's the that was the current carousel. Uh, we just got the Michigan job, and I don't think I don't think the Michigan job is going to cause any more head coaching jobs to. Uh, change so I think the, the cycle is about to end um, I would be surprised to be surprised but uh, I think that's that um, let's before I go into the coaching hires article let's talk about the transfer portal stuff that you want to talk about oh yeah I just wanted to um, now that um, Saban's gone uh, I just want to kind of go through the list of guys. This The article I'm reading was as of the 19th, so it's like five days ago, six days ago, last Friday, um, and, and depending on when you're, this, you know, anyways, uh, it was on the 19th, uh, and so this is what we know as of now, and I'm not sure if, you know, how many more guys have been added to the transfer list, um, but then I, then I just kind of want to talk about what this potentially means for transfers in general when you have a guy like Saban so big. Anyway, so uh, I'm not really going to go name to name, but I just kind of want to show um, position and year to go through these guys. Um, there is 10 of them total. So uh, sophomore wide receiver, redshirt freshman linebacker, redshirt freshman cornerback, redshirt freshman defensive back, senior defensive back, sophomore tight end, sophomore safety. The sophomore safety is, is Caleb Downs. Um, who down had he had 107 tackles uh, last year with with uh, um, with Alabama um, and then uh, sophomore off- offensive tackle freshman cornerback freshman quarterback um, are the guys who left so in my mind why why I want to talk about this the interesting part to me is in this moment that it's only 10 guys now right. maybe I'm maybe that's a silly thing for me to think like like it actually you know guys you know, hopefully you guys are going to school for something more than, um, you know, it's not just football alone, but I guess that's my question for you. Like, is this alarming to you? Is this like reasonable to you when that it's only been 10 so far and, and how much deeper do you think the, uh, the portal goes? I, I mean, I think it's a fine, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's alarming. I think it's notable, but you also, when the greatest coach of all time of your school leaves, you expect some some changes, right? Like you just expect some. Um, right now on 24-7's composite uh, talent ranking, Alabama's still two. It's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, right? So talent-wise, Alabama's going to be just fine, I think, right? I think they're going to be fine. Um, the composite is both recruiting and um, recruiting and transfers. Alabama still has got three five-stars coming in. They've got 24 stars coming in. Pretty much almost the best combo of everybody except for Georgia that's got five five stars and, and 19 four stars coming yep. in. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a worry right now, right? I think when the new regime, and also, it's also going to matter when spring happens, right? Because there's the spring time period. That's, I think, when you might get some guys that are expecting to start that don't, expecting to play that might not. Like, those are where things might get a little tricky, but. But, but Alabama's only 28th in the transfer rankings, right? So they don't take advantage of transfers 
like everybody else does. And I've heard they don't quite, they haven't quite got the NIL money together, which you've heard Saban make some offhand comments in the past about trying to get Alabama to work on that. Um, so I'm not surprised there. And so obviously when you lose more and you don't bring in more, you've got a weakness there. But is it a weakness that makes you think they can't win? Everything else even, that they can't win in the SEC? No. No. Yeah, and they that's, still got some of the best recruits of, that they can get. I think they're fine. Yeah, and that's kind of like the interesting. That's that's also that's also kind of where I'm at. You know, seeing this, seeing what they've lost thus far, and it not being a larger number. Um, and, and and yes, to the to the recruiting point, I'm, yeah, I'm staring at Alabama's too, like you said, um, and obviously replaced it with a bunch of just absolute monsters. I'm sure um, a lot of these guys that are coming in at the even at the three star level, I'm probably I'm sure these guys are super dangerous. Could go start in, uh, all around the country, and so so I, I guess as as I as I thought about this, as I saw there was ten, it's like, it, can we? Is it ridiculous for me to start to like throw out? Um, that at these big schools and Alabama, yes, maybe maybe the biggest potentially, but whatever these the Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, USC, Texas, those that area of schools like is the transfer portal. It's I feel like from the from a media standpoint, when I when I'm talking about the transfer portal, when I'm here being talked about, it's talked about in a negative fashion. And like, oh, this is <clears throat> this isn't this isn't necessarily good. The the positive is that kids have the ability to do it now. But is this? It always kind of leads back to is this good for college football? But and although I I don't we don't necessarily need to talk about that point. I I wonder how big of a problem it actually is for especially in these top levels that guys are they're replacing guys with with high schoolers that want to go play or, or JC players that want to go play at these big name schools <clears throat> and maybe don't know, um, you know, the stuff that they're eventually going to find out that maybe make them transfer. But like right now, these kids are going to schools that, that like are losing guys. So it's like, is, is, you know, is this transfer portal really that big of a problem? Can we, can we extrapolate that from what's happening in Alabama here? I, so I've been watching college football, really been paying attention to college football since, Maybe 85, 1985. Yeah. I knew about it beforehand. I was really paying attention to it in 1985. Every change that's happened in college football is a change that a bunch of people, any change that happened in college football, that was a change away from the power of the coaching and schools to the players was a change that mostly got talked about as negative because that's the way this works totally is that people people in general the people that are noisy about it are usually the kind of people that root for billionaires and the kind of people that root for no change not even that i don't even want to take the, there's lots of people like tyler our, our buddy tyler we had a conversation about it to start and he was really just like it's the change the change is the problem like i have a buddy uh, josh jt who was just like oh i think it's awful i think they're taking stuff away from utah and i made a whole graph saying utah never had it the, if you just take right. just recruiting, Utah was already out of it, right? This gives Utah the opportunity to get somebody, to get a number two quarterback that's a senior in at Georgia or Ohio State that knows that he's not going to get to start. All of a sudden, you can get him and get to start. So I think the transfer portal is great. Now, I do agree that there's some disruption 
because of the how many cycles and everything. And I, I don't want there to be limits on it in a way that makes it so the power is taken away from the players. But I, I do support making the calendar tighter so that players still have the opportunity, but the windows are maybe a little bit makes more sense there. Um, but I don't want to get rid of it, and I don't think it's a problem. I think it's perfectly fine for the sport. Um, I think that having players have agency to be able to go to places and play, having players that... Somebody was complaining about, like, oh, you know, these guys want to transfer because they don't want to compete. And that's like, no, that's wrong. These guys are transferring because they do want to compete, but they want to compete on the field against opponents. They don't want to waste years competing against the number two guy and the number three guy to be able to play on the field. Some of these guys, their career is 35 games. They've got 35 games from the start of their college to the end. They will never play a snap in the NFL. They will never play a snap in the CFL. Maybe they get USFL. But of the, let's say, if you have 132 schools and you have 55, you know, you have, you, you know, of the 6,000 players, 4,000 of them will play, will start one season of college football and play one more season off and on. Those guys deserve every opportunity they can to play actual meaningful games on the field. And so I don't give a shit about this bullshit about afraid to compete, whatever. These are kids that are having their last bit of glory, and I want them to have every opportunity at any place they can to do it. Yeah, yeah. And and, and to, to add on to that, it's like, you know, nepotism is a thing or, you know, people like coaches having biases is a thing. So it's like you, oh, you yeah. you're a kid. You could be you could be as good as the number two guy or or I mean as the yeah. number one guy, but but just because of the politics of where you are or the situation that you're in, you may just not get the opportunity because that particular group sees it. Whereas as you know, Utah is a great example. Like somebody like Utah, if you're the number two guy, Georgia, and you're going to and Utah, Utah's like, Well, come on down. Let's let's figure this out. Like we can get you, we can get the yeah. football in your hands. Like let's make a let's make some yeah. moves here. And so so yeah, I do, look, I'm, I totally agree. And and look, and honestly, to to everything you said, I, I agree with everything you said. Like there's no reason there I, there's no reason to not let these kids have the opportunity, especially because like call it you know the easy out is because coaches do it, but it's that's what it is. But I think that looking at this now, and I I, I I'm not I. I'm not saying that that there, you know, this isn't changing the game, the transfer portal. But seeing this stuff, you know, seeing Alabama lose the greatest coach of all time and then not lose their whole team is leads me to think that kids are going to school for other reasons than just just this like oh they have to do like all these dumb all the dumb reasons people think that kids are leaving it's like no you know it's it it is real to a lot of these kids it's re it is yeah. real to them like they have every intention of 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 playing football first of all to to a lot of your points but then also you know there's kids that are that like went to the Alabama football camp every every summer while they were in high school and like did everything that they could to make sure that they could play until Scalusa went to college went to games with their dads and and their families and and all the things and so it's like yeah there's there this this leads me to believe that there is some of that left which is good yeah also you you touched on it but I want to make sure I'm very clear about this 20% of the head coaches in FBS changed this offseason. Wild. 20% of them. So you're telling me that the, that 20, if, if 20, I don't even think, I don't think we're close to 20% of the players, right? 
I don't think we got close to 20% of the players that actually transfer, right? But we we could have, depending on what happens in the Michigan job, you know, you, you could get to, there's probably times where 25% of the coaches in college move, right? And so if you're telling me that a quarter of the coaches can move around, but the players can't, and they just have to be stuck with whoever comes in there, and you have different different offensive court and that's just the head coaches once we talk about assistance and everything it's probably a crazy number yeah I can't so we're saying that all of those guys get to move around all they want to but the players just have to be stuck there and all of a sudden this coach likes this guy because he can throw this out better and this guy can't or this guy can run and that guy can't like it's crazy it's crazy that we ask those players to just suck it up and deal with whatever coach they have when their coaches change like so there's endless stories about these quarterbacks that have played under five different coordinators in their college career. Why should they have to do that? Why shouldn't they be able to go to the guy that goes, you're the guy I want. I came over to this job and I don't have a quarterback and you're the quarterback I want. Come here. Like, it's great. I think it's great. Yeah, totally. Well, that's good. Yeah, and I think that this scene, it's, it's interesting. Um, while I ha- while we're in the same sort of realm, I do want to just go through, uh, we don't need to get that far. I just want to go through the top 10 recruiting classes according to 24-7 Sports. Um, okay. As of right now, and so we have Georgia at one, 28 commits, Alabama at two, 28 commits, Ohio State at uh, 22 commits, Miami at four with 27, Texas at five with 22, Oregon at six with 26. They don't have, that's the first school with no five stars currently, um, but they have 21 four stars. Um, LSU is seven with one uh, with 29 commits, one five star, Auburn. Auburn coming in at eight. I wonder if that happens regularly. That's kind of cool. Um, Auburn with eight uh, at number eight with 21 commits, two five stars, 13 four stars. Oklahoma, number nine, 28 commits, one five star, 18 four stars. And Notre Dame at rounding out the top 10 with 23 commits total, no five stars. Um, and then Clemson has a couple of five stars. Tennessee has a couple of five stars. Florida, South Carolina. Missouri, Texas Tech. Ooh, Texas Tech snag one. That's kind of cool. Um, anyway, so yeah, yeah. that's um, yeah. I think I, the recruiting side of the th- this conversation of the you know whole transfer portal thing is something that also doesn't get talked about. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. In that, like, like there is especially now the modern. I feel like the modern athlete at the you know at the power five level of talent um, in you know that range like. Those a lot of these kids that are f- going to end up being four stars and five stars are are really working at an athletic level, like inside of high school programs, inside of high school weight rooms, um, you know, doing doing extracurricular stuff. That that I mean, we're having we're ha- having some guys that we don't we don't even know yet. Nobody's even seen unless you're a scout uh, that are going to absolutely change the dynamic of, of what's going to happen in college football from conference to conference and game to game. So I I. I I just want to I just wanted to say like like I that it's it's unfortunate that we're not still or that that part of the conversation isn't as big of a deal because I wish it's I feel like it should be you know like high schoolers the the regular system that still exists you know even though the transfer portal does change things like this regular system that still exists still produces guys that are going to change how teams work and how and how they play and so it's like you know the transfer portal is an aspect of of that but um, you know of a team's dynamic but I you know it's still new players, young, hungry kids coming out of high school is still as big of a deal, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, it, obviously those kids can transfer too, right? So there's a balance between making sure you bring in the right guy and set him up to be successful, right? Like, obviously what you lose with the transfer portal is you lose development. And some of these coaches are still good development developmental guys. So they want to recruit the right guy and develop him in the right way, right? And it depends on how you're building. Like, for example, uh, Ole Miss is number one on the transfer uh, in the transfer uh, rankings on 24-7. They decided to build next year's squad by transfers, even though they did great. I mean, they did a top 25 in recruiting, but they're building on transfers, right? Lane Kiffin is not trying to develop. Now, he's, he can develop quarterbacks. He's an offensive guy, but he's a coach more than a developer, right? Where other schools will try to do that less, and some schools will try to do that more. Notre Dame is have been bring, has been getting transfer quarterbacks, right? They're not trying to develop a quarterback right now. Now, if you're if you're Utah, for example, you'd like to have a quarterback and develop him for a few years. Like you want to build a quarterback in because you're probably not going to get a flashy quarterback off the transfer portal. You might get a quarterback transferring, but not a flashy one. So you want to have that guy for two years and, and kind of build him into what you're trying to build. So uh, it it actually it adds something else. It adds another angle. And depending on what happens with the transfer portal, because I guess like I say, I think you're going to get to a point where that gets narrowed some. Recruiting will again be important. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, uh, and I think well, it still recruiting is, is always important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. Recruiting exactly. I don't want to say recruiting is not important, right. but because we're still so early in the transfer portal era, it's interesting to see how recruiting and transferring kind of melds, but you still want to get you still want to get the best players you can to go to your school at the beginning. Right. right. They might leave, but you want to get them at the beginning. You want to have Arch Manning. Totally, and then all the other guys have to work around that. Like you know what? If you lose everybody else because they don't want to sit behind Arch Manning, fine. If you have Arch Manning, true, right? Assuming that he's that good, I, I don't know, but assuming he is. But so, so you want to have the guy you recruit, and you say you're the guy. Everybody else needs to know you're the guy, and you stay, and then we'll work around you. And that's still great. I mean, that's still yeah. ideal. And, and for example, I, I saw online that the the in the transfer portal, the offensive lines ha- weren't very strong this year, and so you're gonna have to develop offensive linemen. You needed to have a guy that you recruited that you're developing an offensive line because you didn't have a lot of options in the transfer portal. You're gonna have years like that. So I think that's great. Yeah, totally. Uh, All right. Well, you know what? I want to save the coaching hires for another day. I think we did a good job on this one. I think this is a great, nice little chewable, eatable episode for our people. And unless you've got anything else to talk about, I think we just roll out. Uh, I think, no, I think it's good. Uh, one random note uh, just to end on, because I, I want to ruin everybody's day, is that the highest ranked offensive tackle um, currently being like in the in this year's recruiting class is going is 13th overall um, like across all positions and is going to Colorado so you oh know, yeah and they needed them so they yeah. went they went heavy right and, recru- uh, and recruited so him. look I mean the uh, even though he's a crazy human being old old the uh, old prime he's he's showing that he can snag guys in all the ways. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a. I. I certainly still have a, a, a. I don't. I don't know that everything he's trying to do works, right? I don't, and I'm not. I wouldn't dare say everything he's trying to do work. And I don't. Actually, I think he would say everything he's trying to do would work. But, um, 
But I will say that he obviously identified, like, for example, losing your really good offensive coordinator who now has a head coaching job by you because you demoted him, like, he blew that. And he's going to pay for that, I think, next year. Definitely. but he still got something there to be excited about. He he addressed one major issue that I don't know that uh, Jordan Seaton's going to be able to play right away that offensive tackle, but he will play in a year or two. Um, addressing that is a big deal, right? They were top twenty five overall in their commits, right? Now they were one hundred and six when you take uh, composite, uh, you know, um, transferring and and overall, but but. They certainly they certainly are better than they deserve to be, considering where they were, right? Yeah. So yeah, wonderful. Year, yeah, year two is going to be interesting. Oh, anyways, but uh, yeah, to end on prime, what a, what a way to end it. Anyways, uh, yeah, well, great. Uh, look, thanks. he he's going to be a personality to start it next year too. He ain't yeah, going away. He's not going away. He's not going so, away. And maybe and the other thing is, it doesn't have to be. I'm 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 putting this in sort of a negative light, but I would be totally fine to see him be a good coach like that's i don't, no, I don't yeah. think that's a problem either so Look, like if, if i think the game will be great that, if he's great yeah i think I, the totally. game will be better if he's great yeah totally it means i gotta watch probably more colorado than i want to but whatever well, whatever it's in the, it's you know it's in utah it's in the big 12 it's going to be the, the big 12 has personality because here's what we don't want we don't want the big 12 to slide into that second level of you're going to have the power two, and then you're going to have the the mid three, and then you're going to have the group of five. Because that's what it looks like it's going to happen. See, and that's actually, so if, that's if, what I want, honestly. Well, and I think that's okay, but it would be better because here's what the problem is going to be. If that happens, then you're going to have a 12-team playoff with eight teams from those two conferences. From the power. Oh, okay. I, okay. So right. Maybe that's but, the only problem I have with it. It's but, not that I care. I want the best teams to play each other. And if you put them all in one conference, they play each other. But I don't want the playoffs to be mostly two conferences, one from the group of five and three random for them. You know what I mean? Like I'd like it to be half of that being from the power two and half of it being from everywhere else. Right. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, from a year-to-year standpoint, yes, I, I yeah. agree. I would prefer that to be the thing. However, if if we get if if the Big Twelve kind of evening out to closer to a group of five means that we see potentially group of fives collectively get better or you know get to yeah. get closer to Big Twelve, and that we get, I think what will happen is we'll have a lot of those eight team, you know, of of those two conferences, and then. And then four randos. We're gonna, that'll happen more often. However, I think what will also happen is we'll get a random year of a total mix-up of all of that. Which, which I think I so, but I, my concern is that what's going to happen instead, what should happen is you have five spots for the for the for the power five. Top, I'm say power five, even though it's only four, and then right. it's less, right? Right. And I want. I want groups from the Big 12 to take those spots instead of those five going to the top two teams, two of them going to the Big 12, and now the group of five only gets the group of five and the other, like the ACC and whatever. Now they're only working off of three spots or two spots, right? I would rather the bigger, the top chunk, like instead of having a mediocre, let's just say in one year you've got a, an eight-win Mississippi State that's going to get a spot 
because of the schedule they played versus a 10-win Utah team that had two close losses, right? I would rather them take the Mississippi State spot than a Tulane that went undefeated but didn't have the shiny ranked win. Those guys get bumped down because of Utah instead of them having a spot and Utah having a spot and that Mississippi State team getting bumped out. But what's going to happen instead is that Mississippi State team steals a spot and that shifts everything down. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a legitimate worry. I'm, I'm a little, I, I feel like in that, in that context, first of all, First of all, I don't know, you know, in regards to where the national championship ends up, I don't know how much it's going to matter. Similar to like the Florida State no, conversation, God, no. the, you know, this year, no. like, yeah, it would have been nice to have Florida State in. It would have changed what happened, I don't believe. No. Um, and but, so but it but it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a good point of having a 12 team playoff if you don't get good variety of teams because it doesn't matter. So why not have more teams to not win from different places than less. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, yeah, that's that's true. I think I just think I would I would I think in I mean it could happen in both scenarios. But my hope yeah. on my side of it is that it would it would make it so that we we still see a lot of teams from those other conferences because we can want to kind of wash it out record wise. Because let's say Mississippi State, you know, let's say the back half is is a bunch of two and three losses against a bunch of, you know, the, all of the group of five eligible ones are all one losses. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that they're not going to get jumped because people will say, oh, the schedule or whatever, but we'll be able to have that conversation. I think the conversation will be opened up and say, but they do have a better record. And and I think that's an easier oh, no. conversation I to, think once, to move into. I think into. once the Florida State thing happened, that's done. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think they're going to give a shit. But, I think they're just going to say... And you're just going to say, hey, you are a mid-level school from the Big Ten. You're in, period. No. I, I think that once that Florida State thing happened, we're throwing that shit out the window. I know. I disagree because because then then I don't think – then why did Cincinnati make it in before? You know what I mean? Like we, well, we, we like both things Cincinnati happened. made it in before only because Cincinnati and TCU made it in before legitimately only because it didn't leave out – the best teams from the top two conferences. That's it. That's the only reason. If right. it had come down to, like, if this, if that was a year, if that was a year that Ohio State was available and they didn't get to play, Ohio State would have absolutely jumped Cincinnati or TCU. This year's Ohio State, if that happened again, right? Or Georgia would have. They would have done that without batting an eye yeah. about it. Florida State was a conversation because they were kind of considered a Power 5 team, but once they decided that even an undefeated Power 5 team could get jumped by a team that didn't even beat the best team on their schedule, I just think it's oh, I think it's just over for any even any comparison like that where they can say, hey, look, we know that this team, because they play in this best conference, they even though they played an average, let's say, oh, they played an average Texas team this year. They played an average Oklahoma team this year. Like, yeah, Tulane beat everybody and played a played a played a Ole Miss team close on the road without their quarterback. But yeah, it's going to the team in the power too. I just I just think that's going to happen more than it isn't going to happen, and it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I really think it doesn't, but it just makes me sad because I think the playoffs will be more enjoyable when they can spread it out more because I want them to spread it out by area than I care about them spreading it out by location. Like I want more representation that's not Georgia and Alabama. I want more representation that's the different parts of 
of the West. I mean, it's the West that I'm worried about the most, quite honestly. It's the West that's going to get fucked the most um, out of it that aren't the teams that decided to move move East to be in a conference that's East. That's the only thing that bothers me. Like, I, I'm just worried about that. If it doesn't happen, great. But I would, I, I think if, I, if there's going to be a spot that's eaten, I would much rather a spot be taken from a middle-of-the-pack Power 2 than a top-of-the-pack group of seven. Well, okay, so then my... my- my two arguments for that is, is first like, the like, the the foot the outside of the committee's ability to choose the football scenario inside of that TCU and Cincinnati situation or you know those situations it like the the football made it so that those teams were the ones that were picked. Yes, you yes we could say that that inside of those other situations, like Ohio State might have jumped them, Georgia might have jumped them, whatever, but it did happen. Like, that's a thing that happened. They, 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 none, of those, none of those jumping scenarios that you said could have happened did happen that particular year, so we did see a mix-up. So I think, I think the reverse, especially at the bottom half, could also happen. I mean, not the reverse, but the same thing could, could happen at, you know, for these 12, for the 12-team for the playoffs. So just from a chance, maybe it doesn't happen, maybe it doesn't happen as much, but if it happens as much as it did for the 14-team um, playoff, that was like once every three years or so we had, a, we had kind of a weird setup, whether it was Michigan State that one year or Cincinnati that one year. Like, yeah, we've had mixes, yeah. so it could happen again. But you and remember, my- we're multiplying this by six. It's not just once a year now. It's going to happen five times a year. Uh, but I know, like I just, I just, no, I disagree because I think I think the football scenario being that it's much broader is going to put the is has as likely a chance to make it happen as frequently as it did in the four year as it did in the, in this one because because of just football scenarios that can't be avoided that the that the that they have to pick for. Yeah, but uh, I I don't think this year was a football scenario that couldn't be avoided. But, that's, but, I think that's where we I'm, disagree. But I, I think that's, this year was the most likely thing that's going to be similar to all of the future years in the playoff. And those years were the least likely to be similar to the future. But, that's, I guess that's where the line is. But like, but then, but then you're ignoring what had happened in the past. And so the, that like, yeah, we, no, can't, but I, we but can't say I that they're to not going to do what that. happened in the past. But we no, but no, but but I, but I can because when they when they finally had an opportunity for a different scenario for a scenario that's more likely to match what I'm saying, they did it the way that it's, I, I'm expecting it to say. They didn't have a scenario to do it when when it was TCU and and when it was uh, Cincinnati, right? But but they did when they had much when it was Michigan chance. State. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess. Oh, for sure. sure. That was a terrible team. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, but, but I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to look at it. I don't know where the comparatives were. I don't know if there was a comparative in that scenario that's the same as a mid-major that has a, has a plus record versus a major with a mid-record. Because here's the thing. They fuck this up in the NCAA basketball tournament all the time. All the time. Like, they <sighs> fucked those rankings up in the NCAA basketball. I probably could come up with every year something in this scenario that we're talking about where a team either gets really poorly screwed in the ranking. Now, obviously, they have 68 teams, so it's not it's rare that somebody gets left out. But people get left out. They fuck this up all the time. I, look, I, I'm okay to be wrong, and I don't, think you're, I don't think you're wrong when you're talking about Michigan State and those other things. I just think once they, decide, once they re- decided it was okay... 
to take an undefeated Power 5 team and bump them over the team from the two conferences we're talking about, they've opened the door to do that whenever they want. Okay, and then, and that's, and I guess, and that's my other, that's my other argument, is like, it was never closed. You're acting as if they couldn't have done it before, like, and they, they just didn't, they just didn't, but they always, the chances of them, that for them to do it every single year was as high as this year. Like, there's no difference in years. No, I don't, I disagree. It wasn't as if they just decided. I don't think there's anything like undefeated ACC champion no, no, no. But versus if had, one if the, SEC If the exact same thing had happened years before, they would have done the same thing. This is always, this was always the thing that they were going to do. Yes, I agree. You're, you, we are on the same page Okay, now. and so, I, I, okay, totally so that's fine going forward. And I, and so I see your point. Like, yes, yes, that, that can also happen in the 12 year. I just hope that by degradation of, of one conference that we potentially see the the other the other I don't know the shakeout of of players and coaches and situations arise from other conferences like the Sun Belt having a really good team one year or and and inside of a conference that does have some level of argument for being quality or the Mountain West like it like it could you know they kind of beat up on themselves this year but there's other years that you could have a really a really hardcore Boise State team and and some other teams that do get in not only because their record looks better but they have a legitimate case to be there. And I don't disagree, but I, I guess I want to circle this back to the whole point that we were having this conversation. Why? What about that makes you feel like you would still prefer a team from those those the, the not big two to take those spots? In Wouldn't it still be better, even in your scenario, that the teams from the ACC and the Big Twelve still take one of the top? seven spots wouldn't that still be preferred to what i'm saying where they take spots seven you know spots five six seven and eight when they could take maybe spots four five six and seven like wouldn't that still meet what you say and meet what i say yeah okay yeah i guess if we're just talking them out the middle yeah yeah but i but i i i I think i would just hope that my hope is that that we get we get push from the lower conferences upward at, in an equivalent manner to to like that what you're talking about like I, I hope that, yeah. that those teams those teams play up to being good and and get the bid for being as good as they played up to be yes yeah I think I think I think that's really where I meant I think if they get to the point where the ACC and the big 12 don't get an opportunity for those top five spots regularly then what I think will happen will happen. Yeah. But I think if what you what you believe what you want to have happen happen, which is what I want to have happen as well, then they won't lose out to those spots all the time. Yeah, they'll get those top four and five spots, and then we'll get more That's, of the, yeah. of the right. rainbow yeah. underneath. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is a good point, man. I really uh, old lady butt ended you right there. <laughs> we were supposed to get out of here you like did. 10 minutes ago. Yeah, and I was just like, and I was just like, okay. And then I was like, okay, this is what we're arguing about. But I'm like, where are we going? I know. How I did know, we I get know. here? But it was great. No, it was a good conversation still, just talking about how how these things work and, and the perception of the sport. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, thanks for listening, right. everybody. Um, we'll we'll see yeah, you again in a couple of weeks and uh, a couple talk weeks. More, more of this yeah. nonsense. Yep. Sounds good. Bye bye.